0: Uh, Sue and I went to the beach one day and um, uh, there was a uh, lovely couple, clearly new to Australia or new to the beach, whichever way you want to put it, and they had three little kids and they were all getting ready to go for a swim and they were going for a swim right in a dirty big rip. You could just see it going out and you knew they were going to get in and they were going to go out and that was going to be the end of them. And so I noticed some people wandering past them, and I said to Sue, Look, I just got to go down and sort of tell them not to do that, you know, fairly concerned. And so I wandered down and sort of said, Oh, you know, don't swim there. Good to go to flags, but if you want to stay up here, go over there. That'll be better, you know. And, um, you know, they took that advice, which is very nice of them, and they went up a little bit, but they were still a little close, and they just looked like they hadn't swum before. So Sue and I stayed near them for a while and swam around there a bit till you saw they weren't being too silly, and then off we went. And uh, really for most Australians, if you're like us, we're, we're fairly, we're privileged in, in, in learning to swim and being confident around the water. You know, we've got a healthy confidence around the water and we've got a healthy concern around the water for whatever. Most of us, you know, swim in the flags, we've got little kids or you've thought about where you're going and we take it fairly much for granted. Uh, but, it, but it is what we're like. Naturally, we're confident and, and yet we're, we're concerned, which is healthy. When it comes to God's word, there are two really good words that we should also uh, be using to describe what we are with with God and with one another. We should be absolutely confident of our salvation uh, through Jesus and we should be absolutely concerned for one another, especially our church and those around us. That's when we understand when we're really getting the gospel, those two things will hit hard. We're absolutely sure and we're very concerned for those around us. And so what we're doing today from this uh, part of uh, Hebrews as we keep working through that series, uh, our series through Hebrews, what God has been saying to us, he has been using Old Testament worship categories to help us to understand that Jesus fulfils them all and is so much better than all of the patterns before and that he is just the one that God was always planning, that he is actually God but he's come and he has done it all for us so the Old Testament as a system is obsolete. There are no longer any priests, there's no longer any sacrificial system, there's no longer any temples, there's no longer any altars, uh, there's, it's all gone. There is now Jesus who is at the right hand side of the Father. He is the perfect sacrifice. He is the perfect priest who has offered himself as the perfect sacrifice, not in the copy, not in the shadow, but in heaven itself. He's gone into the Father, to the throne room of God and offered himself as the living sacrifice. He has risen again from the dead and so he is a living sacrifice, so to speak. He is offering a living offer of himself. And so he is at the right hand side of the Father forever interceding for those who have received him as their priest, as their Lord, as their God, as their prophet, as their priest, as their, who has received him as their Lord and Saviour. All the different ways we can say that in the Bible, he is there interceding for us forever. And so our first word that he wants us to get in implications of who Jesus is, is that he wants us to be absolutely confident that we are accepted by God forever and we have absolute access to, to him any time, always. And so have a look at verse nineteen down to twenty one. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, he has opened up for us through the curtain, that is his flesh, his body on the cross, since we have a great high priest over the house of God, God's people, what's he saying? Be bold, be confident, be assured um, that we are absolutely accepted, uh, that we have no doubt that we are acceptable to the Father forever when we join Jesus, when we turn to Jesus. Do you have that confidence? If you haven't, chat to your growth group, get into the growth group, get into you, get somewhere because that's what God wants you to have. He wants us to be absolutely assured. Uh, Why are we absolutely assured? We're absolutely assured because, verse 19, the blood of Jesus. We are bold to enter into sanctuary, into God's presence, into God, into God's place through the blood of Jesus. Our confidence is in what Jesus did on the cross as he became our representative and our substitute, as he died the death we should have died, as he took the hell we should have got, that we are confident that he did it, that by his flesh... He opened up the door, the curtain. He he opened up the curtain in the temple. Remember the curtain split when he died on the cross? That is, you can go into God's presence, into the Holy of Holies, not in the temple that was in Jerusalem, but into heaven, absolute confidence through the blood of Jesus. That's how you get in. He's the door. You might want to get in other, other ways. There is no other way into heaven but Jesus. You join Jesus. You go through Jesus. And when you go through Jesus, you are in. You have presence. You are into God's presence. It is absolutely sure because of the blood of Jesus. We are all hung by our performance. None of us will get to heaven by how we have gone in life with what God has said in any way, form or fashion, as much as we've tried or not tried, we will get in because of the blood of Jesus. Many people here when we say that we are forgiven, when we say, I'm going to heaven, I know I'm going to heaven, I'm absolutely sure, people who are new to the Bible or haven't listened to the Bible yet, what they hear is that we're saying we are a good person. I'm good enough to get in. I've tried hard enough. I'm mature enough. I'm spiritually switched on enough. And so they think, how rude, how arrogant. And they think it's humble to say, well, I hope so. Because they don't want to boast too much about how good. But what God says to us is we are all absolutely hung by our performance. What we are saying is, I'm going to get in because Jesus has done it all for me. Because of what he has done. He's done it all. I know we hear this over and over again, but we've got to believe him. We've got to believe in that if you've joined him, if you have received him as your leader, as your saviour, if God has taken your heart through hearing this gospel message and your heart has been turned to him, then you are absolutely forgiven forever. Not free to sin, don't, don't get me wrong, but absolutely forgiven that he is promised that he is going to intercede for you in heaven forever and you can just go to God all the time, Anytime. You don't need anyone else. You don't have to try harder. You don't have to know more of the Bible. You do have to know more of the Bible, but not to get in, not to go to his presence. You can just go in anytime. You just talk. You've gone straight in. Dear God, straight in because of Jesus. Be assured. You've got to know assurance because if you're not assured... If we're not absolutely assured, we're not going to care much about other people because you're never going to quite know if they're in or not and you're never going to, because you're never sure about yourself. So you're not going to be sure about them and you're not going to be concerned for them, which is where we're going. You've got to be sure of who you are because Jesus is the new and living way. He's new because he's the new covenant that God promised that the Old Testament is pointing through. It's living because he rose again from the dead. Remember, he's alive, but he's at the right-hand side of the Father and we can just go in to him and he's our great high priest. Step one, first application that Hebrews, that God through Hebrews wants us to get is absolute confidence that we're saved. Till we're there, we will be held back in our Christian life. We will be held back in so many ways, it'll influence everything. But once we get that and we understand it and we let it filter through our lives, it just changes everything. Be absolutely sure. It's a privileged position to have Jesus as our prophet. He's the one who tells us about God. He's the one who guides us, who is our priest. He is the one who mediates for us in heaven forever so we know we're in and he's our king, the one who leads us. He is our prophet, our priest, our king. It is an absolutely privileged position that we're in. Know it, believe him, he doesn't lie, own it, and then let it invade your life. What does the second implication? Well, there's some quick implications that you've got to say first off before I get to the big one. That, a couple of little ones. Look at verse 22 of that. Let us draw near. So, what happens is, once you work this out, what do you do with knowing you have absolute access? You take it, you go in. In and out during your day, talking to God, going in as you read the Bible, talking to him, you take that access, knowing you're forgiven, use it, talk to him, go in confidently, boldly into his presence. And two, verse 23, another let us, let us hold on. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without waiving for he who had promised his favour, is uh, faithful. That is, we, we hold on to what he says. We, we grab it with both hands. We, we join in in what he's teaching us. We, we hold it on. How do we draw near and hold on? The Bible. Getting to know his promises. Why do we meet in little groups during the week to get us talking about it so we can learn more? Why do we have the sermon? Why do we sing the Bible, pray the Bible, Pray. You know, talk the Bible, preach the Bible, read the Bible? <laughs> because that's how, he, that's how he works in us. That's how we draw near, through his word, by his spirit. And so get to know his word, you see, that's how you draw near. Take advantage, you've got access, take it, use it, draw near, hold on. But the big one of the passage and of, of, of where Hebrews is going is that, that is, we are to be absolutely confident, take advantage of it, but then we are to be concerned, concerned for our church, concerned for one another. And so have a look at famous verses, we're going to look at them from two angles. The first angle is just listen to what he says. Hebrews ten twenty four twenty five. Let us be concerned for one another, as your church, other Christians, in order to promote love and good works, trusting obedience, not staying away from our worship meetings, church, as some habitually do, but encourage one another, encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. In short. Be concerned for your church. Be concerned for why a Christian, sure, but be concerned for your gathering. Remember, church means gathering. It doesn't mean denomination. It doesn't mean building. It's not a church as far as we call it that, but it's not a church. The people are the church. One another are the church. Be concerned for people. Be concerned. For the people who gather with you, claiming Christ as their Lord and Saviour. Be concerned. He wants us to be concerned people. Now, um, he's calling us, really, or God by the Spirit, gathers us, sin scatters us. Sin takes us away from the church. Sin takes us away from being heavily involved in one another's lives. Sin scatters, but Jesus, the Spirit, gathers. He gathers us together. Um, Some people say you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't have to go to church to be a friend of Jesus. But at best, they're confusing how a person is saved from following Jesus to responding to him and listening to him and at the worst they are just rejecting him and pretending like they're not. Um, Jesus so we, as people now who are followers of Jesus, who are looking to Jesus as our high priest, our king, those who are confident that we're forgiven, we now listen to him. What does Jesus say about the church? I will build my church. I will build my gathering. I have many sheep. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I have other sheep from other so I've got to draw them in. It's, he, he is bringing people in. He is gathering. He is calling people together into a family, into a body, into a building as if we're living building blocks. You know the metaphors. You've been around for a while. He doesn't take us into and he leaves us alone. He gather, those who have the spirit of God are gathered. Those whose God is working their lives are are gathered and they gather and you start on the edges and you come into the centre. Sin keeps us out on the edge. Jesus is gathering us in to active involvement, caring for one another, concern for one another. What does that concern look like? Do you notice the three things that are here? Verse 24, 25. So let us be concerned about one another, our church, in order to, what are we coming to do? What do we do to promote love and good works? That is, we come along and we're trying to help one another trust and obey Jesus. We're trying to come together to get us to trust, to trust that Jesus is the one who's done it all for us, to make sure we've got it and we are absolutely confident, to understand how Jesus, we're coming in to promote joy in him, to, to, to promote thankfulness in him. We're coming together to promote love and good works. That is, response to what he says listening to what he says. Um, and that, how does that, that, that show? Well, it shows in the second dot point there, after you're coming along to consider how to help one another and, and encourage them, but it comes along to, to, to don't get in the habit of not meeting together. That is, you get this idea of habitual attendance. That, that is, what he's saying is, how can you be concerned with one another if you don't meet with one another? How can you, how can you promote... How can you encourage, how can you build up with your gifts and all that God has given you and designed for you if you don't, it starts by meeting together, weekly, getting, how can, it, how can we encourage one another if we don't, if we're not there? Uh, how can you build one another up if you don't get involved and you see, really, if you want to take it one step further, it's really this and how we encourage it, that is how can we encourage one another if we don't talk about Jesus? See, there's nowhere easier, nowhere safer to talk about Jesus than here. Is there? Hopefully it's safe. We come in here and you go out and you go, what do you think of what that mongrel said up the front? Oh, I didn't like that. but I like that. What do you think about it? You, chatted, you We chatted. With, but what we try-? we're trying to promote love and goodwill. We're trying to encourage one another in confidence. So in the middle of our conversations, we chat about that. And we have other little things that we do to think about promoting this. You might notice when you go to the toilet, it's got bell. Be early, leave late. You don't hit and run. God wants us to be concerned for one another, concerned and all that sort of stuff when you come in together. And so it begins by coming together, being in the habit of being here and being involved and coming into the centre. Um, why Why are we doing that? Because you notice, notice... Um, uh, let me say it properly, so I don't say it. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So we do this all the more. That is the motivation. The thing that is that is around is we we keep remembering that Jesus is going to return. The judgment day is going to come. There's heaven, there's hell. That's actually our motive mo- motivation because we're absolutely confident of the gospel. Because we're then concerned for one another, and we are aware that 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 that. Judgment is coming. It could be any day, perhaps today. Maybe we don't get to tonight. One day that's going to be true, isn't it? Perhaps today. And so in the light of Judgment Day, what is it about Judgment Day that's going to motivate us, which leads us to that next dot point, that is we come together to promote encourage uh, obedience and trusting. We're habitual because you can't do it if you don't turn up. But we come and we're a bit worried. We be worried about one another. That concern includes worry. Uh, Did you notice... Who read? Who read the Bible? Deb. Deb, did you notice verses 26 to 31? Did you notice how scary that was? You see, he's not pulling punches. While he said, be absolutely confident that you're forgiven, and he said that, and he says this lovely verse about meeting together in the light of... And then he goes into verse 26... If we deliberately sin after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. And then you go all you, read all, you read it again later, but go down to verse 31. Look at the summary of what he says after he says, in the light of Jesus' coming, it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Be worried. Be worried for people. That is, as we talk about it, we're concerned where people are going. We're concerned about how they're going with Jesus. Are they confident? Do they know him really or are they just pretending? Because we know it's not a game. And so we're concerned that people, when they stay on the outside of congregations or they don't come, we're trying to bring them in so that they might be absolutely confident, caring for one another because we all need care. And so be worried. Uh, be worried. Uh, keep talking to one another to encourage one another. But in the back of our head, we're always being very clear on who's a Christian and who's not. Not here. Not like election detection. I'm not saying we're always, I wonder if there are, you know, no. What I'm saying is we, we are being very clear on how someone goes to heaven so that we can keep talking and keep encouraging one another to be very clear on how you go and how we're meant to live. But what I want you to notice as we finish up here is that um, God wants us all to be, last stop point, confident and committed. Confident and committed. When you get it, we're going to be confident committed. And so um, 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 he reminds them from verse 32 of, of, of the things they've done for Jesus. Um, but now these ones, the original uh, recipients of this letter, they were being tempted to go back to Judaism. They're being tempted to go back to the temple because they're getting persecuted for standing up for Jesus. And they're just thinking about going back because it's easier. And he's reminding them that to go back... Is to walk away from the only way you can be saved, and is to walk away from your confidence. But he knows that those who know and love the Lord Jesus, they're not going to walk away. And so he reminds them, verse thirty-five: Don't throw away your confidence, which has great reward. Stay confident. Don't give up. Um, For you need endurance. It, you know, we got—we need encouragement to keep going. Some of us won't. Make, we need it. We need it weekly. We need it more than weekly, don't we? To be encouraged, we need it to keep going so that after you've done God's will, you may receive what He promised. For in a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. My righteous one will live by faith, and if He draws back, I'll have no pleasure in Him. You see, He's saying, Don't draw back, don't go to the edges, don't not be involved. That's sort of I don't draw back away, don't make it easy, uh, keep going. And so, uh, he's calling them to do that. And uh, verse 39, let's finish up there. Verse 39, notice he knows they'll listen. But we are not those who draw back and are destroyed. It's real. We draw back from Jesus. He knows we're not those, but we are those who have faith and obtain life. You see that? And so as we're talking to one another, encouraging one another, we are confident with one another we are we are you know we, we, we're confident people will listen to Jesus if you know the Lord Jesus you're listening to this you're not going to ignore it you're going to you're going to come in so what does God want us to know and to do here he wants us as he gets to application the application of all that we've done in Hebrews up to chapter 10 is we should be absolutely confident and assured of our faith make sure you are before you leave today or this week see us talk you should be absolutely confident Two, we should be absolutely concerned for one another. So concerned that we will be thinking about how to promote, how to help one another trust and obey Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus with one another. We're going to remember that judgment day is real and we're going to encourage one another of how great Jesus is and it's about him, not you. May God bless this word to us. Amen.